You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What is going on, everyone? Mike Singer and Tim Hyde with a Tuesday edition of the Notre Dame Football Show here on YouTube. Pod like a champion for folks listening to the audio version of the show. I'll talk about the why we're doing it on a Tuesday and different day and everything. But Tim, just my friend, I always like to check in with you because when we talk, as I always say, we're talking business, we're talking content. But how is Tim Hyde the father of three? How are you doing, my friend? Oh, really good. Had a good little t-ball practice today for two kids. You know, one hit one off the wall. I think the wall's like eight feet away, but it's all right. It's, it's all about building uh, building confidence early on, right? But, uh, you know, hat went blowing off my daughter's head, so that was awesome. She stopped. I'm like, no, you keep running, sweetie. Keep running. So, you know, trying to build, start building those traits early, right? When they're uh, nice and early. But uh, here we go. Ready to rock and roll. Have a fun little Tuesday night. Talk some Irish football. Yeah, we got some pretty good topics. I'm pretty look. May is May's the dog days of of the year because June is super heavy recruiting. All these official visits, uh, June's really exciting. Um, and then July is pretty slow, but at least you have like camp, training camp. Yeah. Well, training camp does start till August, but at least you have the build up. You have the build exactly the build up, the position previews, yep. like all that. I, we can't do position previews right now because it's like we're just going to do it again in two months like so you do position previews we'll do like a a game by game prediction and and all that and then you know tim hyde will do something like well if notre dame wins this game they're going undefeated but if they don't they're going six and six you know tim hyde will throw some throw some crap like that hey you never know never at a time mike one game at a time as always folks let us know we are watching from if you're with us live or watching back um in in the comments please do let us know we always like to see the notre dame uh national and even international fan base um and and where you guys are tuning in from uh hit that thumbs up of course subscribe to our channel do all that good stuff um if you haven't not done so yet and of course you can sign up at blueandgold.com it's just 29.99 to unlock premium access for six months so this show is obviously usually on wednesday nights i have a personal thing to get to it's really just a, a pleasure thing more than a personal thing that I, I'm, I'm uh, attending on, on Wednesday night. Um, it's a sporting event. I'm going to a sporting event. I'll just say I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, yeah. And then next week, 
I'm going to be on a cruise and stopping in the Bahamas. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be out Monday, Friday for next week. So, um, really looking forward to my one big vacation of the year. So I don't know what our YouTube and podcast content will look like when I'm out. Uh, cause I'm not out too often. So, um, but I'm sure we'll still have some, some stuff. Um, so tomorrow afternoon, um, we're also planning to have our recruiting show because we didn't have one this past Friday. And then this upcoming Friday, I have a family matter to attend to my brother, my brother-in-law is graduating from high school. So I'm not going to be able, and then the Friday after I'm going to be on my cruise. So I was like, we got to fit in a recruiting show. So Kyle Kelly, my coworker, blue and gold, who also covers recruiting is going to uh, make his YouTube debut for us at blue and gold. So myself and Kyle Kelly, uh, we'll, we'll do a YouTube live show. We're thinking Wednesday at like two o'clock, which is random. But if you can't join us live, you know, you can always, um, you know, watch the, uh, the YouTube replay and for podcast audience, you know, we always like to tell you folks, get over to YouTube, you know, definitely a uh, lot more fun there. Okay. So I will bring this up later in the show. Um, you know, as, as more people filter in here, but for folks watching back and, and listen to your podcast, I want to kind of give you an update on our schedule. All right, let's just go ahead and get into a super chat. Super chat. Um, Trash is here and says, "Before the days of the ACC, I remember a year when every game we played was a rival in some way. Why was that? And who are Notre Dame's true rivals?" Sorry for off topic. I can't imagine something that's more on topic than this. Trash. Yeah. Um, it's it's a, a great comment and question. Um, I will leave it to you, Mister Hyde. Yeah, I mean, God, he's going back to the the old schedule. You got Purdue, Michigan State, Michigan, SC. It's like one after another. I mean, your your truest rival that, which has been an interesting topic on the message board, actually, actually about the Big Ten and does SC even need Notre Dame anymore? Right? It's all about going through the playoffs. So, I hope I hope they. I mean, how many rivals Mike have lost? Right? Texas, A and I mean, you name it. So many have just gone by the wayside now. So I hope, 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 hope SC and Notre Dame uh, schedule this. Boom, moving forward. I'm sure with the Big Ten is going to be interesting, which I hope, you know, Notre Dame and SC get together. I would love to see that just kick off game one every year because it's probably going to be hard to do it the way they've always done it. I'm thinking just because you have the Big Ten championship game, you got, uh, which we'll call it, you know, USC, UCLA mixed in there at the end. I'm sure they'll keep that. So that's going to be interesting, how, you know, how they move that. And then obviously Michigan State's a huge rival in the history of Notre Dame. You just start thinking of the trophy games, you know, so many trophy games that they have. Uh, that would be a biggie. Michigan, just the pure hate, it, it is. I mean, that's your, you know, natural enemy. There's a great book out there for anyone who's never read it. came out 10, 15 years ago, Natural uh Natural rivalry about the history of Michigan and Notre Dame. Great book. Um, those man, you know, I would love. I'm, I'm I'm a huge Notre Dame Michigan guy. I love that game. I love watching that game. It's it's. Uh, I would love to see that thing back on Michigan State just because of the some iconic iconic football games in there. So, I mean, who else are people thinking about? I mean, those are the main ones. Obviously, Navy's Navy, but that's really not a rivalry. That's just something they play. Um, and then. Um, Really, you know, as far as true rival Purdue, eh, they never played Purdue again. I wouldn't worry about it, even though they're in state. But uh, I would say those are the, the biggies. You know, when you go SC, Michigan State, and obviously Michigan. 
if I have a knock on Notre Dame, and it's not even so much a knock about Notre Dame, it's kind of just an unfortunate thing, and I hope this is not a controversial thing, is um, let, let me give you a little, a little metaphor. You know I love throwing metaphors. You know, the best man at my wedding, right? I had him as my best man. If When he gets married, I expect to be his best man, right? That's I think that's just kind of a natural thing. For Notre Dame, if the Notre Dame fans hate Michigan the most, but Michigan doesn't hate Notre Dame the most, they hate Ohio State. Like, is there a team that, like, like that true rivalry where they just hate each other the most? I don't know if that exists. Like, this comment here, I wonder if SC considers Notre Dame their biggest rival. It, I mean, I'm born and raised in, you know, something. That's the one that that makes sense because Michigan has Ohio State, Navy. Yeah, Michigan State has Michigan. USC has UCLA. That game, I mean, I've been to many of those games, the SC-UCLA games. I mean, obviously, I mean, they're only a couple miles apart from each other. So that game is, I mean, it's, it's the Battle of Los Angeles. So it's obviously massive, you know, when they get together. I mean, and you always hear about the, you know, the cross-country rival SC Notre Dame. It is real. Yeah. Know, I, have, I have many, many USC alums. Yeah. Um, some friends that have coached there. You know, I got a friend who's on uh, on the staff right now, a close friend I've coached with. So it is real. Notre Dame and SC is a true rivalry. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to say the hatred is, you know, is, you know, you think the Iron Bowl, you know, that's all they talk about forever. You know, you could, you could go three months and no one talks about SC you know, Notre Dame game, but it is huge because both sides know the history and they know whatever happens in that game, it's going to be written about and how many Heisman moments have happened in that game over the years. It means a lot to USC, uh, the Notre Dame game. Yeah. Brother Ray says Navy's true rivals army. (laughs) Pitt is a rivalry. I think this is also a special thing about Notre Dame is they do have so many rivalries. Maybe they don't have that true you know, best man rivalry, you know, yes. to, to my uh, metaphor, but um, like, there are so many. I like the pit. I mean, pit, another thing, they underrated. played many, many games. And, yeah. You know, great, you know, Notre Dame, obviously big recruiting base, you know, when there's players in that area, they go after. So, yeah. Mid, what about uh, Miami? It's not really a rivalry. That was just, a, a, I mean, Notre Dame, people don't realize Notre Dame, blanketed Miami for like two decades, just blew them off the field. You go back and look at so many of the scores. Arrow was never nice to those guys, just destroyed them. But then obviously that turned in the 80s. That Those games in the 80s, man, you go that the ending of the 85 game, you know, where Jimmy Johnson ran it up on Jerry Faust, and then 87 was a top 10 matchup. Miami shut out Notre Dame, and obviously the iconic 88 game. 89 was the battle, and then 90 ended it all. 90, 90 is actually my favorite game. I love that game. That was a that was a biggie. Number two, Miami came into South Bend, and Notre Dame beat them. But uh, for that period, those four-year period, ooh, man, many games of IC Notre Dame games, those four years would have to be probably number one, I would think, when you look at a true hatred of a team for a small window of time, it would have to be those late 80s. All right, Trash, appreciate the super chat that just got us on like a six-minute tangent. Yeah, we're, we're ten, almost 11 minutes into the show, and we have talked about <laughs> zero things. <laughs> but, hey, this, this is why Tim and I was always be like, hey, 
we both got things. Let's, let's do a shorter show and then an hour 15 later. That's always how it goes for us. But I, I love it. We really do appreciate the super chat. And real quick, and real quick, you know, like Dave, uh, David Solomon talking, you know, yeah, I love talking, you know, Clemson's an, an hour ACC, but they don't play. After this year, they don't play till 28. I think, really? You know, I want to say 2028 because hmm. I was looking at some forward schedules, you know. I could be wrong because they have Florida State, Miami, a bunch coming up here in the next few years. I don't think they play Clemson until 20. The crack staff looking at that. So obviously yeah. 2023 at Clemson, November 4. Yep. The is- next time at Clemson, 2027. It is 27. And then okay. home, 2028. Gotcha. And then at Clemson, 2031. Home, 2034. At 2037. So, yeah. so it's really you know, spread now out. we're talking about 14 years down the road. So yeah. who it looks like then it's great but, games. Hopefully this year is another great one. I mean, they've, they've played some really, really good football games, obviously. So um, yeah, nice little battle, you know, in, in this little period, I would say as well, you know, since Notre Dame's playing the ACC a bunch. All right, before we get into our next topic, let's hear from oh, our sponsors over at my perfect franchise. And if you are a displaced corporate executive, or if you're wanting to put your career in your own hands, Maybe you're an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify. Well, Andy uh, Ludicky can help. Andy is a huge college sports fan and a franchise veteran having owned multiple franchises and businesses. Using his expertise, he helps find others their American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. Call Andy. Put your life and career in your hands. And best of all, his services are 100% free. So what do you have to lose? Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. All right, Tim. Uh, Notre Dame picked up a commitment um, Monday morning kind of out of the blue. Um, just in terms of so many of these commitments have the big announcement on YouTube or the you know you, you have the ceremony with the hat trick and all that. No, Bodie Cahoon just just uh you know uh, um, a Monday morning at uh, I believe it was seven a.m. Bodie just tweets out, "I am committing uh, to Notre Dame." Um, so ranked as the nation's number four hundred thirty-one overall player, that's a three-star right now. But the for on threes industry ranking, how that works is the longer this class goes on, the more four stars that basically add. So I think it ends up being up to four hundred fifty-four star. So essentially, if that national ranking holds it on up being a four star, that's how that works. Uh, number 45 linebacker uh, in the country rivals personally um, you know has them ranked as a, a four-star prospect I think that's notable number 26 linebacker uh, in America picked the Irish over Virginia Tech North Carolina Tennessee um, and, and a handful of others was a, a former Ohio State lacrosse commit um, as well so Tim um, you know also had Miami Florida State pretty pretty strong offer list um, what's, what was your reaction to seeing this commitment? What do you think about this player? Well, my first reaction is where's the singer text to let me know what's going on. I was like, is this real? Hey man, <laughs> you got again, on the 7 a.m. on Monday. I was yeah. not awake. And when you got on like, I uh, did not know this was happening. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this or, was, you know, to some extent. Yeah. But no, no, I hear you, but no, it was, I mean, it, it was very surprising because, um, you guys, I think Kyle had just done an article a week ago talking about his four visits in a, and he's got four visits set up one after another, after another coming here in June. And I've been making, you know, prepping for the June and writing uh, him down and all. So when he committed, I was like, Oh, whoa. But then start doing a little bit of, you know, a little math and whatnot. He sees, you know, you know, what Rezik commit 
spots start to fill up a little bit, right? Maybe this is, he's originally from Indiana, correct? Zionsville mm-hmm. outside was at in Indianapolis area, I, I believe. So I bet he just said, you know what? I can't pass this up when he started thinking about it because he's obviously visiting and whatnot. Good football player. He's a good, solid, you know, three-star. He, he, I mean, that's, that's what I truly think he is. He's, he's a good football player. He's outstanding lacrosse player. I've seen some lacrosse film on him. Um, unbelievable. I've coached a few uh, Mike backers that are lacrosse guys and he looks just like a couple guys I've, I've been lucky enough to coach. So he's got some really good skills. He, I, you know what, you know what, Mike, I've, I mean, you know, I've been a broken record talking about linebackers. So many of these guys are Mike Will Viper. I mean, that's that's kind of almost how they're all rolling into place. Burn them to we hold them up. Yes. A bunch of these guys are, you know, can play out there in a pinch if they need to. And I, and I, you know, it's almost like Cole Mullins in a way. I think Cole's going to eventually be a true guy with his hand in the dirt playing every single snap as a three-point stance. But a lot of these guys with these hybrid, you could mix and match, move them around. And I think Cajon is the same type of a body, you know, uh, you know, when you look in there. So really good athlete, uh, obviously a cross player going to play Ohio state, which is a nationally ranked team each and every year. So he brings some good skills and we'll, we'll and we'll see where he's going to end up. I mean, I mean, that's the way I look at it in probably two years. I think when you start to look at these guys, he's not a ready-made guy. He's, I don't see him playing in 2024, especially how they've recruited the last couple of years. So let him redshirt, see what he does his sophomore spring and, and is he going to be a Mike, a Will, or a Viper? He's going to be one of those three. Yeah. So, responding to a couple of your points you made, he, yeah, your your analysis on his recruiting process. He locked in the officials, and it's like, man, I don't, I don't, I know where I'm going to go. That's essentially what happened. He he told me that he called up Al Golden Thursday oh, wow. uh, night, and and then talked to Freeman and and uh, Max Bulla as well. So, Tim, that was a two minute. Like a two-minute highlight tape, right? Do you know, do you want to know? Like, man, why two minute? He played. He told me he played linebacker in five games. He's only played five games of linebacker. He told me he was a safety to start the year. That he had a, a notable hand injury. I want to say it was his hand. He told me, and then when he came back, I guess the team just kind of needed him um, as a linebacker. So he's very raw. Yes. And I think that's part of the reason why, like, I don't think he's, I mean, we can a, see it. Yeah. he's not a safety at the next level, obviously. So then the linebacker film gets out there. He didn't pick up his first offer. I want to say it was from Virginia Tech in January. He's a lacrosse commit for Ohio State. And then all of these offers he's picked up are all since January. Again, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, NC State, Duke, Utah, FSU, Louisville, Cincinnati, Miami, Stanford, Indiana, uh West Virginia, and then a handful of uh, group of five schools. I mean, this kid's this kid's no slouch. And here's the thing that, folks, listen, I know you are tired of hearing about three stars. And I'm going to tell you I don't really care. because, And the Notre Dame doesn't either, near, nor should they. They're going to go after the guys they want to go after, stars be damned. I mean, sure. Would they prefer that Bodie Cahoon is ranked a five-star? Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. But they're not going to go after a five-star kid that they don't think is very good in favor of a three-star guy who they absolutely love. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, taking all these three-star guys is, you know, going to win you a national championship. But what I'm saying is it's very narrow-minded to just look at the ranking, 
and learn about the kid for about three and a half seconds and then form your opinion. It's all about data points, as we talked about last week, Tim. You just got to you just let's not jump to so many conclusions. Let's just kind of let's just see. Play you play to you play the damn game. Play you you play to win the game. We're not talking about practice. We're talking about a game. True, but I also, but I will if he does. You know, and if he does stay a three star, let's just say he stays a three star. Well, um, uh, you know, I've gone back the last ten years. About a third is that loose emoji with three stars. Roughly, it's really less than a third truly make it, which is fascinating. Which goes True, back to as like a big time player. Yeah, Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah so that sounds fun. Exactly. As, you know, as, as someone who's playing and whatnot, who's, you know, a starter, whatever. But it's like, I mean, Notre Dame, you know, one of the posters posted on the message board asking about unranked three or unranked four stars and the high threes. You know, those guys rank like a Bodie, 400 to 500, let's say. And then those unranked guys, basically three to 400 is what the metric is using. And Notre Dame, Mike, has had nine captains which is fascinating out of that group, you know, just between number 301 and 500, Notre Dame's had nine captains just in the last, what is that? About seven years, seven, eight years, which is, which is pretty, you know, pretty awesome. So they are getting some good guys. I mean, obviously you got Drew White, you got Greer Martini, you know, uh, JD Bertrand. I, I would not be surprised if Bodie Calhoun, you know, after a whole year, more film and all that, he probably, I bet he ends up being between 350, 375. I'm going to be surprised if he moves up a little bit into that range, a top 350 player, because he does run to the ball and has some really good skill. And if he ends up being in that range, you got a J.D. Bertrand type of football player on, on his film, you know, or, the, the athleticism that he has. Or he ends up, you know, as uh, um, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, that linebacker who went number one out of Georgia, first round pick, or he ends up as a, a as a five star caliber kid, or he ends up as a total bust. I don't know. I just don't like the let's let's just jump to a conclusions. I just I just don't I, like. And I think, you know, and this is what you know, people, you know, you know the you know the resident kid out of Nebraska. At least for me, that that guy could run. No matter what it is, at least exactly. I got a guy. Yeah, at least I got a guy who's tall and could run. So they'll figure that out. And, and I think in this day and age, Mike, is at least someone for me who's seen a lot of Notre Dame recruit classes, it's almost like, all right, take a deep breath. You're going to get some Bodie Cahoons. You're going to get, like you're saying, some raw guys that only played a little bit, but is a high-end lacrosse player. I mean, you're going to be signing 25, 27, 28 guys probably every single year moving forward. Yeah, And if there's three or four Teddy Rezics, Bodie Cahoons, so be it, because they could run. He's not slow. He's not a stick in the mud. That's why, you know, when you hear that buzzword, the versatility, he, he's going to play one of those Marcus Freeman 3-3 hybrids, meaning Mike Will Viper. The Rover, as far as I'm concerned, Rover is a strong safety moving forward. That's just yeah. another strong safety type of a body. So, yeah. and uh, I think Bodie Cajon, you know, Rezic, um, some good athletes that could run. Now they got to close and go after a couple of these you know, top ranked linebackers that they're still on. Yeah. Roquan Smith, who I was thinking of, who the Bears picked a few years back. He was just <laughs> buckets war when he was outstanding. But you can't take all projects for mm -hmm. sure. We know that. Like, you, you, you know, oh, Bodie Cahoon was a, uh, 
a lacrosse guy. And then you go to like a Teddy Rezac. Oh, he, he was a safety. And oh, look at this projection. He's like, we get that you can only take so many of the projects, like these boomer bust type guys. You also have to land your Kingston Villiamuasa, you know, the the big time backer out of St. John Bosco. Um, you got to get the Justin Scott, you know, but I just think a lot of people are looking at this class and be like, why is Notre Dame taking all these three-star guys when they're freeing about, I don't know. People are telling me CJ Carr is the best quarterback Notre Dame's gone since Clawson. You know, like, I mean, Notre Dame hasn't had the elite quarterback since Clawson, but hey, you know, that still be pretty darn good, right? You tell me CJ Carr is this, you know, a five-star talent. Cam Williams, pretty darn good. I mean, they they have some really good players in this class. Um so it's not just all these projects in this in this group, but yeah, you do need to get, you know, your Justin Scotts, your Villanueva, your maybe flip a Caleb Beasley. Uh, can you go get the big tight end out of Nebraska? Like you need to get, um, you need to get all these guys. But no, no, you're right, and that's and that's why I think. Well, I mean, what are they at, Mike? Sixteen. Six. So, let's 16, take a look at it. Yeah. Sixteen guy, which is like crazy before official visit season hits. So. You got 20, what, low 20s of officials coming of guys that aren't committed. So for now, that number will always grow. Oh, I just, exactly. so I just, just reported on a new one tonight, Sam, to add to oh, okay. the like, five well, months before we got on, on the message board. So let's just say they get 10. I mean, let's say they got 25 more guys coming that are uncommitted. You're telling me Notre Dame can't get 10 out of those 25. And all of a sudden, your class is 26. And that's why I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be this type of thing moving forward. So. Um, you know, the project term is, you know, that the two corners could play. Those yeah. guys can run. They're tall and long. You know, the wide receivers, I know you and I have arm wrestled over that. No matter where they got their offers and whatnot, they still could run. They're not a bunch of, you know, five, six slow guys. They're tall and could run. But this and, isn't your favorite. 56% is a little low for you. But, you know, it's it's – it's 16 hey, minutes. They got a ways to go. And I, you can always they, they, got a, they got a ways to go. And I like the fact that the last two classes have been in that elite standard of 70. And moving forward, Notre Dame's got it. It's going back to what you just said, you know, 45 seconds ago. You got to get some of these big guys. You gotta get you gotta get that thing up into the that 65 to 75 range for Notre Dame to have a shot moving forward in these playoffs. And as well as Notre Dame has to hit on the Joe Alts of the world. Like, cause I just don't think that Notre Dame is going to be able to recruit with the horses of Georgia or Alabama, just in terms of like the stars and the big time guys, they have to have guys like Joe Alt hit or Audrey Gestime, who was going to Michigan state mm-hmm. without a ton of fanfare and, and, and flip him, um, you know, they they have to continue. You're Ben Morrison, who yeah. had some big time offers, but you but know he wasn't some five star, right? The last it's funny you say it because I was you know someone on the message board was asking, so I just you know you throw out a few tests, Mike, throw in a video, and you do some research there while the kids are working at school. And um, the last two years, the lowest ranked four stars, so long the quote unquote unranked four star has been Joe Alt and Ben Morrison. So that's that's like. Fascinating. Like, oh, wow, you got the lowest ranked guy and they're the ones that are hitting. Before that, you had obviously MTA hitting, you know, who's been a, a heck of a football player. J.D. Bertrand 
is the starting mic was in that unranked, like you're saying, those those low four stars that they are hitting on. You know, I mean, once again, JD Bertrand got offered, didn't even have a spot on the roster. He's going to be a two-time captain and a three-year starting mic backer. So, you know, that's pretty impressive when you hit, like you're saying, hit on some of those guys that are so-called fillers in a class, if you want to say that, with some of these bodies. I mean, Jeremiah Usukoromoa, the same boat. He's in that same Joe Alt, Ben Morrison type of a category in his rankings. All right, so let's move along with the show. Tim, you got to love middle of May talking bowl projections. Yeah, I mean, I think they're the most ridiculous thing to do, you know, three weeks before the season ends. But here we are in May. And we're not so much talking here about the validity of the bowl projections. It's more of if this comes to fruition, what do you think? So this is this is a report from Tyler Horka, and, and he is, uh, you know, talking about a story from Brett McMurphy um, from the Action Network. Going to read a Horka's article. Formerly known as the Outback Bowl, the Relia Quest Bowl. Pause. I grew up going to the Outback Bowl. What the heck? How? This should not be allowed. They Like, these sponsors, it should be a – that's it. Like, what if you change – what, are you going to change the Rose Bowl? You're going to start calling it the, you know, the – the Walmart bowl. Like, no, you, you, some of these things you just can't change. Yeah. The Outback bowl is bigger than the Outback steakhouse. It's the Outback bowl. I digress. All right. Formerly known as the Outback bowl, the Relia quest bowl isn't exactly a top tier destination. It can feature two ranked teams squaring off. It generally doesn't. This has happened once in the game's last six matchups. Number 16, Minnesota defeated number 19, Auburn, uh, 31, 24 and Notre Dame, 2020 Notre Dame's never played in this bowl. Okay. Notre Dame. Per, McMurphy has Notre Dame playing in this bowl game against Texas A&M. And then, you know, for folks watching on YouTube, I'm not going to read this off for podcasts. You can see his other, you know, the, for the playoff games and the, you know, the big uh, New Year's Six and all that stuff. You can see that. But, Tim, if Notre Dame is playing in the a- Texas A&M, that would probably have the Irish at what, like a 9-3 and three or 10-2? and two? Oh, no, not the out. I mean, not the outback, right? Ten and I mean ten. If they're ten and two, now you're looking at a New Year's six. So if they're ten and two, you they're. Do you think they get New Year's six at ten and two? Well, of course, I would think because that means you're going to beat one of Ohio State, Clemson, USC. You're going to beat one of those two, or one of those three, excuse me. So you beat you know heck they may beat two of them and lose to Duke as people keep hyping up Duke and this quarterback. So ten and two. I mean ten and two last year they are New Year's six. So they. They'll be in a New Year's six, I believe, at 10 and two, because they will have a marquee win on their resume. So if you're going to this bowl, Mike, they're eight and four. Because the pecking order, I, I mean, someone correct me if I'm wrong, please. The pecking order is Citrus Bowl and then the Gator Bowl, which they were in last year, when you go with the, you know, ACC and, and things of that nature. How, you know, I remember all those articles, Patrick Engel and, Tyler Horker kept throwing out last year all these pecking orders and all that stuff. So if they're playing in this bowl, they're eight and four. And um, what a fun season that will be uh, doing podcast. If Notre Dame, I mean, I guess if Notre Dame goes anything but undefeated, you and Goolsby are just going to be insufferable oh. to, to work with. So, eight and four. Well, should have kept 
Should have kept Buckner. Oh God, how much fun would that be? How much? What? What will that be? If they're eight and four with Drew Pine and and Buckner went zero and two and eight and four with Hartman. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I mean, I don't see them going eight and four. But uh, what do you see them going? Well, if they beat Ohio State, Mike. <laughs> oh, Tim. <laughs> uh, oh, Tim, you're the best. Man, they. You know what? You got it. You got to have a two game improvement. I'm not even right. counting the hole. So you got to go ten and two with Sam Hartman for bringing him in. Bunch of guys coming back. A bunch of you know a lot of experience uh, playing a second year DC. You got to go ten and two. You got to go ten and two. I mean that's that you know that'll be my. So if they go ten and two, let's say eleven and two, win a bowl game. You think it's a successful season? If they and they win a New Year's Six game. Oh my God! Yeah, if you win yeah. a New Year's Six game, please. Okay, I thought you were more national championship or bust. Oh, it has to be. I mean, that's. I mean, isn't that the hype though with Hartman, the Heisman, and the national championship and bust? So no, I don't think or bust. I mean, it, your your mileage varies. It depends who you talk to. Yeah, but not for me. Yeah, no, no, that that's a true. If they go, if they go ten and two, they have a two game improvement off of last year. Once again, talking regular season. And you go to a New Year's Six and win, which they haven't done since January first of '94. Yeah, I think you get that monkey off the back, which they blew against Oklahoma State for crying out loud. Uh, <laughs> I still can't believe that. Oh my god! It's like if they could somehow get that thing off their back, that'd be that'd be good. Because once again, if you're ten and two, you beat somebody in there, right? Is it Ohio State, which is going to be a Super Bowl atmosphere? Is it Caleb Williams and SC coming to town, or do you go into Clemson and uh, beat them? You know, because, you know, real quick on these rankings, you know, I know I've seen some other rankings, like people are talking about Florida State being a top four or five team. Well, Florida State still has to, yeah, there's a lot of hype about Florida State this year. Well, Florida State opens with LSU, then they have Clemson early. If Clemson beats Florida State, Clemson's going to be undefeated going into that Notre Dame game. I'm looking at their schedule, they don't have, they should just go right through everybody. So that game in Clemson is going to be a massive ball game. Well, Wake Forest is a divisional foe for Clemson, so I know they play. And from what you always tell me about Wake Forest is they have such a darn good coach and they're, they have such a good team. But then, you know, they, they lose lost. because of Sam Hartman at their quarterback. You know, that's yes, what they, I'd always tell They lost because of Sam Hartman. Talked about his stats, his performance uh-huh. in games, right? <laughs> Tim, is the coach throw the ball when it's third and twelve in the double coverage? Is that the coach does that? Because oh, oh let's coach- let's not talk about you know quarterbacks throwing picks because I've got some oh, stats man. for you if that's oh, the case. I know it's you want to debate. I know, yeah, yeah. Let's not go there because people will start getting into that. Yeah, it's always the coach's fault. So it is. It is an interesting thing, though. You know, even you know. In in the sports I follow, you know, like you know, outside of this, like you know, I'm big into soccer. soccer and, guy, and the coaches get blamed for my, sneezes. My local team here, Atlanta United, which is what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm going to Atlanta United game uh-huh. and the MLS. They have lost four straight games, and they're still like fourth in the conference. Like they're still having a really good season. They just had a bad streak here, and it's always fire the coach. And I'm thinking to myself, like. Part of this has to be on the players, but then I get to, well, the, the coach and the regime brought in these players, so that still falls back on them. But 
I just don't think it always goes back to fire people. Like I just, I don't know. But that's just me. I'm I'm, I'm usually a glass half full. Uh, Goolsby calls me the eternal optimist, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, but some of these rankings, like I've seen Notre Dame ranked anywhere from. Like, well, all right. Let, that's the next topic. Right? That's, 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 our, that's our next discussion. So let's just get into that. Joel Klatt, again, it's the dog days of May. So we just think that, you know, we thank Brett McMurphy for giving us content. And Joel Klatt here, he had a top 25 list. And, I, and when I posted this on the message board, and of course, Tim then says, hey, Mike, let's talk about this on the show. Um, I think most people are like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Notre Dame meaning at 13. So I'll read the top 15 for folks listening via podcast. I'm going from 1 to 15. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Bama, Penn State, USC, LSU, Florida State, Washington, Tennessee, Utah, Oregon, Notre Dame at 13, Clemson, and then TCU at 15. How about Oregon State at 16? Beefs. How about that? Um, What's your reaction to this, Tim? I mean, seriously, it's like, I mean, I don't know, what were they, five last year? So what's it matter if they're 13, right? What did five get them? Nothing? You wanted to talk about this, and this is your reaction? (laughs) No, no, no. Hey, I saw you post it. I was like, here's a fun little topic, Mike. I guess that's that's right. I mean, once again, it's, I mean, they're probably a 10 to 15 preseason team, I I, I would think. Uh, The top, George... Mike, do not let me do any research on some of these teams because so, it's not fair. Georgia is Georgia's got a nice cuddly schedule and another twenty NFL guys starting for them. I mean, yeah. they're they're out there. The Michigan, Ohio State, the Penn State three in the top five. They're all you know people always boohoo on Penn State. Penn State's got some guys this year, so if their quarterback comes up and rallies and whatnot, they got some dudes all over the place. So. What about Michigan at two? Yeah, the Michigan at two is I would put. God, I mean, once again, you got. I mean, they're going to play all each other, right? Penn State, Ohio State, Penn, uh, Michigan—they all play each other. Michigan's got some dudes, a lot of experience coming back. Will they be two? I think Ohio State's going to be number two. I I know everyone's like, oh, they got to have a new quarterback. They got guys everywhere. They do. They you know they'll find a you know they got to find two offensive tackles. Like Notre Dame's got to find two guards and they got to find a quarterback everywhere else. You know, they got guys and it's always nice to have a quarterback throwing to five stars. It makes a big difference. And then SC, God, I don't know the schedule off top of my hint, but I think, I think SC's easy at the beginning. I think all their tough games are Notre Dame and, and, and later. So SC will probably be a top five undefeated when they come to South Bend. So you got SC and Ohio state, both undefeated top, Five coming to South Bend, you got some those are huge matchups. So I'll be honest, what I found, Oregon, Oregon always, you know, they got obviously a quarterback return in. You know, they're always a contender than yeah, games. You know, Tennessee, obviously, are they going to be the same as last year? Who knows? Um, Alabama, I, me personally, Alabama. If Alabama figures out who the heck's going to play quarterback, they got dudes everywhere. They are, they are stacked. I mean, they're going to have Mike. They got they have four or five first round picks projected on defense. So they got, they got some dudes. The biggest surprise to me was, was the Clemson Clemson. Yeah. Too low? yeah. Once again, I haven't studied them a lot, but they got some, they got some players all over the place. Yeah. I thought that was the surprising one, which is them. Cause once again, if they get, they have Florida state early in that first month, beat Florida state, 
It's going to be just like last year. They're going to be eight and zero playing Notre Dame. My as I'm continuing to look over this, one of my reactions to this, and I know that Pac-12 is going to be changing when USC and UCLA leave, which is um, uh, a whole different discussion. That's just crazy. But you have UCLA at 25, Oregon State at 16, according to this. You Oregon 12, Utah 11, Washington 9, USC 6. That's six teams in the top 25. If the Pac-12 this year can get their acts together, that'd be great because the Pac-12 has been so bad for so long. I t- I always say this every year. I'm so disappointed. The Pac-12 they just are. S- they got Washington in the playoff that one year. Have they had one since? And that no. was like 2015 or 16. Yeah. Have they had anybody in since in the playoff? No, because yeah, Oregon Oregon hit those couple years. The yeah Cam Newton game, and then the Mary you know when they lost to Ohio State those two years. SC was a pulled hamstring away from going last year. Caleb Williams doesn't pull that hamstring. They're going. You know, they were up at 21 to 7 on YouTube. Uh, YouTube. Uh, <laughs> on Utah. You know, yeah. I mean, they're a pulled hamstring away from or they're in last year. So, yeah. Uh, but hey, things happen in this crazy world. But yeah, like I said, the Pac 12 is about to. Uh... Yeah. And SC has all, I want to say, I don't know if they have Washington. Like I said, I don't have a schedule off the top of my head, but I think it's very easy to begin. Then they go to South Bend, and then boom, SC's got like a lot of those Pac-10 teams that you just mentioned afterwards. Okay, we got a super chat from Trash that we will get to uh, in just a moment. Uh, but before we do, uh, we're going to hear from our sponsors over at Rogue Shop, the husband and wife outfit. As Mister Rogue and his wife Shar are craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic type of small business they farm and grow everything themselves and do everything by hand their website to visit is rogueshop.com r-o-g-u shop.com they sell everything from cbd thc edibles tincture smokables bath salts paint creams topicals vapes candles soaps and more go check out rogueshop.com if you have issues sleeping chronic pain and or any anxiety or stress issues use the promo code blue and gold to get 10% off your order. That is just one word, no spaces, promo code blue and gold uh, for 10% off your order. Okay. Uh, moving along, Tim, last week we talked about what was that theme for the show? Notre Dame versus the SEC, right? Isaiah Canyon has uh, Bama and, and uh, Georgia tracking him <laughs> that Tim loves. I saw that in your update yesterday, by the way. You used the term tracking for Notre Dame. Notre Dame is tracking some players. Tim, you love that. I love it. I love it. I got me I got me Listen, I heard <laughs> that Alabama and Georgia's their interest in Canyon is not just, oh, he's a receiver in you know the state of Georgia's committed to Notre Dame. Of course they're gonna go check on him to see what's up. They are very very interested. I'll just leave it at that. Like an official offer has not been extended, but they really, they really want it. A it's couple a, things real quick. On, real, uh, real quick. Uh, okay. All right. Go ahead, Tim. I'm telling you, it goes back to my conspiracy theory. You get someone down there, the deep South and Notre Dame goes trickling those toes, man. They don't care if he's the third best receiver or the 12th best receiver on their roster. They, they don't want to go into Notre Dame. So. I think your tracking is uh, – I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, right, as you're, as you're saying, sooner or later, right? Because it sounds like a lot of Auburn's really putting the heat on from what I – you know. Yeah, I think, I think your conspiracy is 
some truth, but not a ton. I don't think. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not like Cole Mullins. You know, they don't need Cole Mullins because they got D1 guy or they, you know, they got NFL first round guys. So they don't. But I think some skill guys. It's like I think it might be that oh Notre Dame's coming in our backyard. Like, yeah, I think it might be because of Notre Dame. Like, all right, let's take a close look at this kid. But I don't know. Uh, just real quick, Tim Domer guy says y'all hear digs to LSU. Oh, wow. Shocker, oh, right? Um, I still think it was weird that he transferred. I mean, usually the guys who transfer out are doing so because they're looking for opportunities elsewhere. And Diggs had great opportunity at Notre Dame. It just feels like a lateral move to me. I don't know, Tim. Do you have any reaction to that? As I just dropped my yeah, wedding ring. Yeah, I've not been on Twitter or anything, so it's not a shock. Heck, he tried doing it when he signed. Tried, tried. You know, oh, but... Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this is what uh, eighteen months in the making, I guess. So, yeah, good for him. He'll go there, play one year, see what they do. Hopefully, LSU goes, you know, seven and five, and that was a heck of a year. Maybe they'll be in the Reliant Quest Bowl at 7-5, and five, right? All right, and then Trash dropped another Super Chat. Really appreciate this. He says, fun question. Louisville retired oh. Lamar number eight. I understand retiring numbers in basketball, but football is harder. If Notre Dame did the same, what number? Oh, my God. And who? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oh, geez. Oh, I mean, just... I mean, who do you retire? I mean, obviously, you got to go straight to the Heisman winner. Montana? Right? Can you retire Montana? No, I mean, if, if you're going to do any, you know, you go right to the guys who won the Heisman. So you go right to those guys that, you know, that won the Heisman. You got to retire them. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, I mean, Montana obviously had success. You know, he was an All American. Obviously, he was a quarterback who won a national championship. So I'd probably do the Heismans and then. But Lamar, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, Lamar won a Heisman. So uh, that's, you know, that's a no-brainer. You're right? you're going to be retiring a lot of numbers if you're doing all your Heisman winners. So yeah, you would do yeah, Tim Brown? Start, yeah, you start. What's that? You do Tim Brown? Oh, yeah, Heisman winner. So he's the last yeah. one. So And then you start thinking, you know, who didn't win a Heisman, you know? And Jay Stevens. Oh, there we go. Richard says Steve Angeli retires and never watch it. You're you're damn right, Richard. Yeah, you start probably thinking of you know who's the best player from certain eras. You know, it's Brady Quinn up there. He's a Heisman finalist. You know, top five twice. You go obviously Tao, Rocket is smile. So you start yeah you start thinking of a few. You know, our good friend, Mr. Chris Zorich. He would definitely be on the Notre Dame Wall of Fame. Can we retire forty one? Yeah, we, yes, most definitely for Mike Goosby, we will retire that. So, yes. Yeah, Adam says Jerome Bettis, six. I mean, there would be a lot of uh, a lot of contenders. Notre Dame is yeah, I mean, uh, Notre Dame's got such a pretty massive. rich history. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? You can always put some numbers, you know, somewhere, you know, some retired numbers. You don't have to retire let the guys keep wearing it, but maybe have a nice banner, a big, you know, in the monogram room or in the locker room of these are the – Top 50 of all time icons, and they get their name and number on the Give wall. me your top three Notre Dame football icons of all time. And and I want you to also consider 
maybe their icon after leaving Notre Dame. So like that's where I met, you know Joe Montana. That's why he's the first guy who came to mind for me. Oh, the first guy who came to mind. I mean, God, first. I mean, literally the first guy who comes to mind for me is the, the Gipper, is George Gipp. Yeah, just yeah. instantly. Or Gipper, Gipper. Yeah, yeah. Instantly think of you know. I mean, he's. I mean, he's the face of the early Notre Dame movement and the rise with you know with the Rock. Um, but if you're Paul, getting three, you're putting him on there. Paul Hornig. I mean, for Hornig. obviously a Heisman winner. You know the amazing success he had in the NFL, longtime broadcaster, a face of Notre Dame forever. Oh, God, who – yeah, I guess you'd go Montana, right? you go Montana if you're just going three iconic players who had an afterlife. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking a little bit more modern and not going yeah, I know. I know. the black and white photos. <laughs> well, obviously, I mean, I, I mean, as soon as you asked that, I mean, I initially thought of George Gipp. I mean, I just thought of the Gipp. I mean, that guy's still in the record books. He's crazy at Notre Dame. And, you know, Paul Hornig obviously won a Heisman when they were two and eight, but his legacy with the Green Bay Packers. And I mean, he's, I mean, he's iconic. Sure. I mean, mean, there's some people who think he's, you know, arguably top five greatest football player of all time because he was so many things that he did all over. Alan Page, someone wrote Alan Page. Yes, there's a great Notre Dame ambassador, you know, Hall of Famer. College, Hall of Famer, NFL, Supreme Court Justice, the guy that's done a lot of, you know, Notre Dame speaking as well through the years. Man, there's Notre Dame's got a nice, nice history that we can sit back and chit chat about. But, um, hell yeah. 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 My wife texted me. I guess she is either watching the show or heard me in the other room. And she said she agrees with me on the Outback Bowl. Stay so, the Outback. The Blooming these names. Yes. Yes. There's been a handful. Like when they're doing, I'm like, what bowl is that again? Oh, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl or yeah. Jimmy Fallon Bowl. Come on. All <laughs> right. So going back to what I was talking about earlier about last week's show is kind of that Notre Dame versus the SEC. Notre Dame got, how about this? A big dub last week. Oh, yes. Saturday, Antonio Carter II. Shocking. The Florida fan growing up or either a dream school. I don't remember his exact, exact quote, uh, but from Orlando. You know, played at Rhode Island for a few years. Had a really nice career there. Blows up as a transfer portal prospect. And then, uh, yeah, commits to the Fighting Irish. Tim, uh, reaction? Yeah. I mean, I was – I said a week ago, if he comes to Notre Dame, this is a huge upset. Because – exact. I mean, there was literally on our show last, last Wednesday, they did an article where he did an interview saying, oh, I can't wait to get to Florida. It's my dream school. You know, I'm from there, all that good stuff. Oh, my God, this guy's done. He's going to go play in the SEC. What was my reasoning last week, Mike? He just spent, what, three, four years getting snowed on in Rhode Island. He doesn't want to go to South Bend. Who wants to go deal with that weather? Different kids. Kids who are different. Oh, I agree. And when he he committed, I was like, this is – I was stunned. I was shocked. I was very excited because I think he's a heck of a football player. He's one of those – I mean, he's he's very versatile. He can play corner, nickel, safety. Yeah, and he's got two years, which is huge, especially with the – I mean, we'll talk about this one night, the mess at safety. You know, so he's definitely a guy that could, um, you know, play multiple positions. So very exciting. I mean, he cancels. Here goes to Notre Dame. Spent you know, goes on his visit. You talk about this. And then one of the great things with on three, you could go on the message boards of other sites and someone had posted something. I was laying on the couch. I'm like, I'm going to go scroll on the LSU site. I'm like, son of a gun. They were like upset. This guy's not coming. Notre Dame, Florida, the same thing. So 
shock. It was a big upset and very, very awesome for uh, Coach Freeman and the staff to get him. There is that extra little side piece of uh, getting him over over uh, Kelly. I mean, he was going, correct? Wasn't he going? Yeah, he a, was. And then he committed to Notre Dame while on yeah. his visit. And, you know, the other websites are talking about, you know, the LSU and the Florida sites are going to say, yeah, he's, he's going to Notre Dame. What are we going to say? We're, we're not going to leak that. Yeah, we had yeah. already done an interview with him. You know, I think he was still at Notre Dame when when we uh, – Tyler Horka, yeah. um, you know, helped, helped get Horka set up with that interview with with Carter. You know, um, like, yeah, we're, what are we going to – I don't know. Maybe other Notre Dame outlets. Well, we're not going to do anything like that kind of hint at – No, it was – But awesome. anyways – Real last thing before we wrap up the show, Tim. Why is everyone talking about safety with him when he just plays corner? I agree. I I keep all I yeah all the safety, safety, safety. Obviously, because it's just assumed they need bodies. I mean, Notre Dame's got three guys that have, you know. You got obviously DJ Brown who's six year, and then you got Xavier Watch and, and Ramon Henderson. So you know you have those three. It's probably a depth thing. Assuming you know because they you know. Harper obviously didn't play, you know, in the spring. So do they want to keep him at the nickel or is it more Clarence Lewis? But I don't know. I mean, get him, you know, get him in here in the summer. I'm sure he's going to be in camp, you know, start working out with the guys the first part of June. And yeah, he's an athlete. He could play. Obviously corner's not a major need unless to me, the big wild card is Cam Hart. who's has a history of being nicked up, bruised here and there. Is Cam Hart going to, survive 12 full games because if not then obviously last year what did SC do they threw you know Mickey nonstop because remember Gracie and Hart were out so this is a guy exactly what you're saying he he could probably go in and start at corner if, if they need a guy but the th- my thing is more about just like uh, I'm pulling up a couple other articles mm-hmm. like from the Florida website called a safety yeah. transfer so it's not just yeah. Notre Dame it's everywhere. It's, everywhere. Everywhere. it's like I so that's the thing like what am I I'm, we're missing something it's just I like, don't know. Every, it, every snaps a corner every is filmed everything's a corner 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 do they just think what oh, do we say safety. though corner to safety yeah is okay one more thing Tim I'm so glad I just just pulled up my tweet uh my Twitter Justin Robbins, Justin Armstrong, if you're watching this, what's up, bro? I, I wanted to bring this up. Okay. did you Have you seen this, Tim, about Deion Sanders getting a commitment on an Instagram Live? No. Who did he, who did he get okay. So uh, Deion Sanders is doing an Instagram Live, right? Like we're doing a YouTube Live. Deion Sanders is doing a, 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 an Instagram Live. And Aaron Butler, a 2024 right? recruit, comments – I want to officially announce my commitment to the University of Colorado to the world. Hashtag we come. I've one, I've never seen a recruit commit in a comment on a social media like so uh, is like, Dion just doing something with fans and he jumps. I, in? I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. Okay, but then the kid gets on the Instagram show with Dion. That's not allowed, which is what Justin <laughs> he said. Is this legal now, Mike Singer? I don't think so. Uh, I yeah. think Dion's playing by his own set of rules. So there's the kid. And then, all right, let me open this article. Dion comment. Did he say hi? Exactly. So, all right. all so saying, I'm quoting this article that uh, on three Joe Spears, right? Saying that he didn't want to violate any recruiting rules. Sanders said that he was going to let Buck, Butler speak. 
while Sanders celebrated in the background. Butler left shortly afterwards while Sanders and other Colorado coach and another Colorado coach continued to celebrate before ending the video. What this this is the thing with recruiting. Like these things happen. There, I don't know if the NCAA has a rule on this specifically. I don't know. I don't know if they ever anticipated oh, a like- going live on Instagram and having a recruit joint. Like this is, this is just it, weird stuff, man. Yeah, but he sounds like he got off the thing before he, so he wouldn't speak and whatever. And he got off of it and let him do his thing. So yeah, he was a U.S. good football player at Calabasas and, uh, uh, he was a USC commit, decommitted yep. a long time ago, actually. Yeah, Notre Dame offered, I believe, right? I think Notre Dame is. Yeah, they had offered him. Yeah, yeah. yeah good player. I, uh, pot of gold last year, I think. But just what a weird. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna. Uh, Dion, Dion, Dion. I'm gonna respond to Justin's tweet and say, "Bro, I don't know anymore." See, look Hello. at this live, I, live, I just... live tweet on YouTube, Mike. You're, you're doing it. You're setting the standard now. I just don't know me. So, hold on. With said, the Deion Sanders, while well, yeah. you, you had some, oh, I'm just reading some of the the comments. I'm, I am, you know, before we get, yeah, I am so interested to see what this happens at Colorado. I know people. I mean, they're getting like 75 transfers. Doesn't mean every transfer's a superstar, right? So it's gonna be fascinating to see what how he builds this team really within just two three months. Yeah. You know, once they all get rolling together. So this is going to be a work in progress. All right. I forgot to mention this more in the middle of the show. So we are doing a recruiting show. So, okay. So this replaced our Wednesday night show because I'm going to a sporting event tomorrow night, but we will have a two o'clock. I believe we're going to do it Eastern time and don't hold me to it because we might not be able to make it happen. But myself and Kyle Kelly will go live Wednesday for our recruiting show that usually is on Fridays. Uh, because I have a personal thing going Friday. And then next week, I am on vacation. Uh, we'll still have some YouTube content, but you won't get to see this pretty face all of next week. And then we'll be back that last week of May and first week of June, right ahead of official visits and Irish invasion and all that good stuff. So Tim Hyde and myself yep. uh, will uh, have plenty of content at blueandgold.com and, uh, our, of course, our YouTube channel right here. So... I will miss you guys next week, but make sure to join us for our recruiting show tomorrow or give it a replay if you're not able to join us live during your workday. But otherwise, folks, appreciate you, and we will catch you next time.